Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. I hope y'all are doing well tonight. I just finished teaching an online collegiate course. This is the first week that we've met since the spring semester started. This class only have one night a week. And it was interesting because this class is not supposed to be online. <laughs> we were definitely told not to give online options for the classes that are usually supposed to be live, but I'm busy. And when this whole thing that we in, you can't say certain words on YouTube. So that's why I'm, you know, abbreviating. But this whole thing, crazy thing that we're in right now, when it first started, that was my first semester teaching this class. And then it happened. We Spring break came and we didn't return. And that's when I had to get creative about the structure because the next semester we were going fully online and we did that for the next two semesters. And then we were back. I want to say last semester was supposed to be the first time we were back and I kept the same structure and I we probably met the first three times and I told the class like hey like this is the way I want to do the class are y'all willing to try it and so they voted and I had a hundred percent yeah let's take this thing online <laughs> and so last semester we would meet live every single week and then it got to a point where I was like you know well, you can choose to meet not to meet and I was trying to like wean them off of needing to be even have that live time. Not that I didn't want to see them face to face, but this is just one of those classes that the more I get into it and the busier I get with my other things, it's just like, how can I challenge myself to be as clear as possible up front, be as simple as possible in my directions and still offer a valuable course for what they're paying for, for what they are getting but so they can take this on their own time and so this semester I was just like I'm gonna put this mug fully online we're gonna meet the first three weeks and I'm just gonna tell them this is what it is and so tonight they were with it they didn't object they was like cool we only meeting for the first three weeks this is what we're gonna be doing every week okay cool everybody was smiling everybody was good and so it, it it felt good, not just because of their reaction, but because I'm glad I followed my instincts on it. Like, Whitley, I know what they're telling you, you know, what the higher ups are trying to say. But really, some of them are only worried about they bottom line, but they don't see that you could probably still reach that bottom line differently. And what I mean by that, my specific school that I'm employed by are doing these incentives really for full-time employees that if you we help raise their retention rate um and i want to say it was about like by 30 40 percent it was a lot uh they were give you two hundred dollars i think two hundred dollars was the highest one and the lowest one was like 150 and i remember first seeing that email like this is a joke $200 incentive for raising your retention rate almost 40%. Like, I'm going to need you to pull out a cloud and a red carpet for me. 
I'm gonna need like a $1,500 bonus. Like pay me what this class is worth, <laughs> like $250. And is that after tax or what? Cause that's gas money, <laughs> but it was for full-time employees. But I bring that up because I just was on Twitter right after my class. And for some reason, I didn't know I follow so many active university students from my university and a lot of them were online like I'm thinking about switching schools I'm thinking about dropping out it was a lot of people who said I did transfer because this specific university is trying not to offer any online classes because they want us to come to campus and I guess some of them had saw the letter they wrote to faculty and staff the incentive and it was going viral right it's going viral on Twitter and they were tagging like different news stations like, is this why y'all trying to eliminate all online classes? I'm going through chemo and I don't want to have to choose between my education and my health. And I didn't know that my university was eliminating a lot of the online options. I'm choosing to give my class online, you know, and hopefully you out there don't know where I work, but... I'm choosing to offer my class online just because it is more feasible. It's more feasible for me. The students still get a great value. It's more feasible to them. Like we're in this packed up lecture hall, which I don't too much mind, not because I'm not scared of getting sick or anything, but just because I work with middle schoolers and y'all know they nasty. So like being in the classroom, you know, full of, a, you know, grown adults who hopefully taking better care of themselves and stuff. It, it just it don't you know, I'm still teaching classes live to all ages. So it don't phase me as much as it'll phase somebody who has, you know, been very protective of their space or their family has been dealing with it or they do have underlying illnesses, which a lot of these students do. Or, you know, they've dealt with it over time. So I told them tonight, I was like, this is not one of those classes that's like life or death. It needs to be per, uh, in person. Like we're not physically moving. Uh, this is more of a lecture style class. The way that I created, I want it to be fun. But I can, you know, this class can be structured fully online and this whole situation gave me the creativity to create it that way. And I think that's valuable. Like early on, I know that I was challenging myself to kind of try to see the good that was coming out of, you know, this whole situation we didn't been in for years at a time. Uh, and because I'm heavily in education, like it consumes so much of my life. That's one of the things that I saw first, like it's offering so much opportunity to be to be innovative in education. And I'm constantly seeing educators or even administrators try to like we adapt for the moment to the rules that come up and the protocols the safety protocols but then we still try to hold on to the same structure that we knew education to be before this and it's like no look how many other options 
we didn't really utilize like we weren't using zoom calls and stuff now it's like i don't even go to pds unless i'm going to conferences and stuff things that we used to have to go to a building and go sit in a meeting uh if we were wasn't a movement one like we all had to be there nobody was thinking about just sending the zoom link so we can all get on from our house or from our school or from our classroom you know, like nobody was, you know, if we wanted to have a, a face-to-face meeting, nobody was thinking about just emailing a Zoom link out. Like we all had to go, you know, to the building and go meet. Like these are things that has created such great access. And at first for my profession, it was definitely difficult to f- foresee, but then it's created a lot of opportunities. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some things that just need to be in person. There are some things that You know, I just feel like no amount of online things can can give you that same experience you need. But what I am saying is I think sometimes chaos can allow us and crisis can allow us to get innovative in new ways. And this situation when it comes to education It has in some parts. And I will say that I made my choices kind of selfishly because even tonight I had my cheer and dancers. And so I was like, usually I have to be at my university, you know, while I'm still with them, whereas I can just drive to the house. You know, I got an hour now before I meet with them. And so that's kind of how it started last semester. But then it's challenged me to really continue to get innovative with up leveling that class each and every time. And it's and it's interesting because as I was seeing all these people on Twitter talking, I'm like, mm, I feel like we can raise retention if we did give the students what they want. Part of retention is you're trying to retain the students. And if we're losing students because we're trying to take away the very option that many of them want because we just want them on physical on the physical campus it may be going against the goal that we're trying to reach because we only see we're only seeing that goal ability to be reached one way and that's to like eliminate online they're gonna have to come on campus if they if they want to learn and it's like I'm getting professional development stuff like I'm in a course right now uh, that had the had this situation. I haven't almost said the word for you too. had this situation not happen. I wouldn't have been able to just travel every single week to I think it's based in North Carolina. I would have been able to travel every single week to North Carolina to go to this class like I would have had to be local in order to pursue this certification I'm pursuing now. Now, because this thing happened, they've even said we've been more international than we've ever been. So they're excited about it because now it's like they got introduced to Zoom and they're able to reach so many more people for their program, which I am grateful for because I didn't even know it existed. And it's what I needed in my life, like what I was looking for in graduate school and I'll talk to y'all more about it when I'm really in the process but had they just stuck on no we're gonna only do this now and then when it stopped we're gonna go back to normal you know a lot of us from all over like in my cohort I got about two women from the Bahamas 
There was a, a woman on there from New Zealand. There was a woman on, on, in my cohort. She lives in South Africa. It was like 19. It was like nighttime over there because it was like 16 hours difference when we first met. And I'm like, there are people from all over the world and I get to be in this cohort with them. So what if this professional development program would have restricted themselves to what they always knew and they're very dance focused they wouldn't have been able to retain their program and they're a nonprofit organization you know so I know y'all don't care about this I'm really using this as a base to just kind of raise the question you know sometimes we have goals we have ideals and we have things that we have in mind that we want done a certain way or that we want to pursue or that we want to do. And oftentimes we can form in our, in our mind this path of how to get there because we have so clearly of how it needs to look in order to reach it. And sometimes we may be limiting ourselves. We may be limiting the infinite possibilities that can lead us to the very place we're trying to get to. And then we can even be limiting the actual manifestation. Like there may be more, there may be more than what we can envision. Like I'll be transparent. I was driving today and I say this all the time, y'all, like I love what I do in a sense that I'm grateful that I get up, I get to get up and dance every day. Cause if I was just working like a desk job, cause I know that's not my personality. Like I would literally be miserable but I've told y'all this before in plenty of these episodes I never saw myself teaching middle school now teaching collegiate it's it's like it's just different it's it's different and I don't got to focus so heavily on grading and all the extra stuff that comes with public school things if I could just focus on the dance and creating oh you know, I'll be living in heaven, but sometimes I can dread not so much going to work because I never really dread going to work. I just dread sometimes the routine, you know, and I had to stop guilting myself because I was like, dang, really, how you going to say you love what you do? But sometimes just like you be like so over it. And I've just realized that I need spontaneity. And because I have in my head what I want my lifestyle to be as far as teaching and dance. I know that this isn't it for me. And because I have that image in my head every single day, sometimes I'm like, uh, like I'm not interested in punching somebody's clock Monday through Friday and being there all day, every day. And I don't have any flexibility or autonomy of my day. Like I just do not like it. Like, even as I say it now, it's it's just, uh, I don't like it. And that's what makes me continue to press forward and do everything that I do outside of work hours because that motivates me. Like I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make this happen sooner than later. Um, but with that, I understand that my pursuit of a different type of lifestyle comes with this with this obstacles 
that are kind of self-created that sometimes I don't know are there. Like, for example, I came from a household. I, I was raised, I feel like, a lot sometimes with survival. And when I say survival, I just mean like we, you know, we had enough to do what was needed and what was necessary. Yes, I got to participate in extracurricular activities, especially if they were free. Um, but, you know, when it came to a lot of we going here, we going there, like sometimes we didn't. Sometimes like, you know, don't ask me for nothing. We ain't got it. We're not going nowhere. We're not doing anything. That's part of the reason I love to read because my mom was like, don't ever tell me you bored. I don't want to hear that. Go read a book or go outside. So I had to learn early on to entertain myself, which I'm very thankful for. But that's a lot of people's experiences. Like there are a lot of people having kids who, you know, just not financially stable yet. So they can't expose them to a whole lot. And when you're not exposed, like you get exposed later on, but you know, you're confined to what you know, but you grow up with this just very limited mindset about what's available and how things operate. And so though I've experienced, like I've lived, I've lived on every coast, except I haven't lived on anywhere on the West Coast, but I've lived heavily on the East Coast, the North, Northeast, and of course the South. And I've met people of so many different cultures and background. Like I've been exposed. I think I've been exposed beyond my parents and grandparents just in my 29 years. While at the same time, there are still beliefs and mindsets that are embedded in me because I grew up with that for more years than I've been than I've been exposed to something new so for example if we grew up with not enough or just enough to get by or you know you know spending everything you got or like having enough working real hard but having enough to pay bills, that becomes a mindset, even if I'm not aware of it. And I can see myself falling into that pattern, even though like I shouldn't be in that pattern. And so I was in my car today and I was just like, man, show me where I may be keeping a pattern that is not working for what I'm asking for. I said, because I know one of them is feeling like I have to work hard and tirelessly for money. I don't believe that. I don't want to believe that. But I think somewhere in my subconscious mind, the belief is still there. And the reason I think that is because I put my hand to all of these things or I feel like certain things got to be done the hard way and it doesn't. And I talked about this with the food for thought episode just a little bit, but this has been a theme for me. And so even with taking this class online, that was one of my ways of accepting ease. Like Whitley, this does not have to be hard. You do not have to go 45 minutes away, even once a week to sit in this class three hours to like prove a point to yourself that you can do it when this class really can be online like 
there's another way. I know other people saying it ain't, but you're going to be the innovator. Like, there's another way. And so I'm glad that I chose that because I would have still been driving home right now. <laughs> like, and it's freezing outside. And I lived in New York. I should be used to it, but I am not. But I say this to say, like, I have just been on this wave of really trying to become more aware of where those patterns are that I grew up with that may be keeping me stuck in a in a in kind of a, a smaller pattern, an undetectable pattern that may be keeping me from what I'm asking for or kind of holds me back in ways that I can't clearly see, but I can feel it. <laughs> and I'm one of those people who who just believes like sometimes I hold like we always holding ourselves back. Nothing on the outside is holding us back. We're holding ourselves back. And so I just get more curious about my own patterns. Like I start asking questions of myself and God, like, God, show me, show me where I'm still operating out of a pattern that's not working for what I'm asking for and where I'm going. Cause I don't want to believe I got to work hard and tirelessly and bust my body down in order to just still have enough. Cause that's what I saw my mom do. Like my mom worked all the time. And it's like, so you grow up with this belief, like how you got a job, but you always telling me you ain't got no money. And then when you grow up, you realize why they say that. But it's like, no, Whitley, like because of your exposure, you're making more than, you know, and yes, inflation and stuff is rising. So that plays a part in it too. But still like you've lived off less. So what, what pattern is keeping you struggling in areas you don't have to struggle in or you shouldn't be struggling in. And I'm not afraid to ask myself those questions. Um, I'm not afraid to be real with myself. I'm not afraid to like look into things that it's like, I don't like the results I'm getting in this area. And so I've been really curious about my own patterns. It's something I'm still exploring. I'm sharing it with y'all today, you know, because if you're out there and you've ever got curious about like, I would just say this, if you know you have a certain goal that's different from what you were exposed to growing up, like it's something that you know is possible, but you didn't immediately grow up in an environment that that you really saw that. It's like something you know is out there because either God showed you a vision or because you see other people living it or because you've been exposed to somebody who's living it. But nobody in your intimate space was actually building a successful business. Nobody in your actual space that you were around every single day who raised you, you know, ever made a certain amount of money every month. Nobody in your actual space did what you're trying to endeavor to do. You know, it. I invite you to, um, if at all, if you need to kind of look at what you were raised with, what was most dominant and see if in any way you still have those patterns within you of how you're trying to pursue something you've never seen because you were exposed 
to the pattern you were raised with for more years than you were exposed to something new. And that don't go away easily, even if consciously you always got on your mind, this is what you want. Our subconscious mind is where our habits are hidden. And so our habits are going to are going to take us to um, to what we're used to. And so sometimes if we explore the results that we've been getting, it'll then lead us to, okay. I'm making a little pathway, but what is what's holding me back from going through that threshold again? And it takes sometimes looking to the past and then asking God, really show me, show me this pattern that may be holding me back and see where those connections are. And some of us may not have to make those, but I know that. And that takes a lot of, you know, that takes sometimes a lot of work, but I feel like that introspection, even if you just take five minutes a day or just journal and ask the question, it'll come to you over time. Or, you know, you may be doing something to have an aha moment or see yourself more clearly doing something that's like, why am I even doing this? (laughs) Just because you start to get curious. And I think spirit works in that way. Like it just takes the seeking and the curiosity and then the answers kind of come spontaneously or the awareness. And the awareness is everything. So I love y'all so much. I know this conversation was super random. Uh, but if it was for you, I know that you'll find value in it. And I just thank y'all so much for continuing to watch, to listen. Uh, and I'll see you in the next one.